Hi, everybody. It's the 17th episode of Law School in Brief. I'm Lydia. And I'm Megan. And I can't believe we've been at this for 17 weeks. That actually shocks me. Yeah, what is that in months? I don't even know. Four months months. and a week. (laughs) That's an entire season. That's like way more than half a season. Yeah. Wow. And isn't it weird that like some people who only recently found our podcast have like binge listened to them? Yes. Like they binge listened to our life. (laughs) I'm honored and also like, that's so weird, right? Yeah, it is. I actually... Uh, shout out to my friend Kathy if you're listening to this. Kathy's amazing and like most really rad people in my life was absolutely beside herself perplexed when I told her I wanted to go to law school. <laughs> she, um, but and she told me she wrote to me this week and said she's never listened to any podcast, much less law school in brief, but that we are strangely compelling and she is binging it. <laughs> Which I am so flattered by. Yeah. One of my friends just told me today she has no interest in law school at all, but was listening, and that she wishes there were other podcasts of like professional people. I mean, that's part of what I, when I was thinking of this, I was like, you know what? I wish I could listen to what someone's life in med school is like. I would absolutely listen to a med school podcast. Are you kidding me? at school but I just yeah. want to know what they do <laughs> anyways yeah. we should talk about what we are doing yeah what are we doing and you know this week Lydia I think we should begin with lows not highs that way we end on a high note okay um and it's study session part two this week you'll be teaching me that's that. right yeah so if you're tuning in and you listened to study session part one last week you know that Lydia set the bar incredibly high for how fun and engaging a lesson on product liability could be. So this week, I'm trying to stand toe-to-toe with her. We will see how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. But Um, yeah, here's my low. Uh, Okay. I just today got the shirts from O'Brien Law, as I texted you about, as I said I would. Mm -hmm. And... um, See, I've got to scroll down. I got to scroll down to my low because I wrote it last. <laughs> Where did I say? All right. Um, okay. The this this was this was a couple episodes ago that I mentioned that I found this maritime maritime law um, company that had shirts, and the design is on our blog because I think the design is really cool. Uh, I ordered like 10 of their shirts because I was like, I'm going to give these out. We're all going to rep this really random maritime law <laughs> firm because their shirts are so great. And the shirts were, for those of you who didn't listen to this episode or needed a refresher, very punk rock. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a lot of like skulls and sort of like aggressive iconography, which I was very into, very yeah, excited about. Like a mermaid and all this stuff. Um, and like an octopus and <laughs> some Illuminati symbols. So <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, I open up the box. <laughs> it's just addressed to Mariner and then my address. I thought they misspelled my name. And then I was like, wait, no, it's just they're calling me a Mariner. How sweet. So I open it up. That design that I posted is the design that's on the back of the T-shirt. The front of the T-shirt. Now we're getting to my low. The front of the t-shirt had a different design on it that was not on the website. I'm going to put a picture of this design on our blog, which is so everyone can like see what their shirts are actually like. Because I know I told people you should also get one of these shirts so that we can all (laughs) have this cool shirt. I am now not recommending that. The design on the front has a lot of cool symbols on it, but it also has the Confederate flag as part of their design. Which was incredibly disappointing. I wanted a mermaid shirt, not a white supremacy shirt. And I just like wrote them a little letter, taped the package back up and sent it back. Because I was like, this is just not, I mean, it's a, it's a contract issue for one thing. It's not, it doesn't conform to the perfect tender rule of the UCC. I think that's what it is. I don't, I don't actually know (laughs) if I see someone under contract law yet. But anyways, 
Um, I'll put a picture up. If you look at it and you think, well, it's clearly ironic or it's just like part of the anti-establishment aesthetic. If you want to talk to me about that, I would really like that. Law school is about presenting your arguments. So I will read your argument. If you'll read mine in return, we can talk about it. Um, but yes, I'm not cool with wearing a Confederate flag shirt. So that is my low because now I don't have any maritime law shirts still in my closet. Zero. No maritime law shirts. Oh, Brian Law, you could you could have really you could have done it for us. And Seriously. It did not come through. Yeah. Such a bummer. What if we still wore the shirts but cut out the Confederate flag to reveal our bearskin? What statement would that, that be? I've thought about it. Um but it would still be repping their firm and their yeah. firm thinks it's okay to have this design. So you're right. No. You're right. Absolutely. I stand um, with you on this. What is your low? Your low is so much better than mine. <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> don't. Okay. Like, yeah. I, don't... <laughs> I, I, I recognize how cheeky that is. Um, my low is just far more general. I wish that I had a pointed oh, okay. low. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. No, my, my low um yeah so i guess this was never really a question of if this was going to happen and more a matter of when it was going to happen but i woke up this morning and uh just felt the crushing weight of finals anxiety on me for most of the day um you know it took me a long time to get into the groove of waking up early and doing reading and briefing all these cases and you know getting all my work done and once I got into that groove I was chilling I was like yes I love this I could do this forever into perpetuity um <laughs> but now that sorry I because are... you haven't learned about the rule against perpetuities yet <laughs> oh, yes soon perhaps anyways continue I'll back and laugh at my accidental joke um but yeah, at now I have to really switch gears and I am completely sort of like stunned for lack of a better word. I don't know where to start. I've spent all this time amassing all this information. Um, and now I'm looking at it and thinking, what? <laughs> it's sort of like, I was thinking about it today when I was, when I was, contemplating my low and this is sort of how I felt the day before we get or like the first day of bike and build um so for those Aww. of you listening Lydia and I met biking across the country together and let me tell you when you have 4,100 miles standing between <laughs> you and the completion of a bike trip um every mile feels like an insurmountable task. And so I, I remember- Wow, thinking, okay, I don't know if I would go that far, but- uh, I, the down I, no, Yeah, no. sure, the down. We yeah, could turn no. this into like some cutesy yeah, metaphor. Maybe not, maybe not, yeah. But truly, when you have that much to conquer, everything feels like you impossible. So yeah. now I have these this great outline for my classes. Um, but just thinking about like, where do I begin now? Do I just start at the beginning and work my way through to the end and do that a couple times and just hope that works? Um, I don't know. So your exams are closed book. So all the stuff on that outline needs to be inside your brain. Pretty much. I For my torts uh, final, I have a supplement. Um, and for my... Civ Pro final, I believe I have some sort of supplement or like he's just going to give us some of the rules written out so we don't have to memorize them. Um, Like, yes, but you have to you have to understand generally the content, um, which I think I can do. But with torts, especially, you know, I love the class. But now that I'm thinking about it, (laughs) there's so many little like but for reasons or like little caveats to things. Um, and I just, anyway, I have about two and a half weeks, so it's, at least I'm having the crushing anxiety now and not in a week when, (laughs) when there's like not too much time to prepare. Um, but that's, that's been the low, just sort of having to really talk myself up. And I keep telling myself, you know, think about this as the love of learning, not for 
not just because you need to do this final, not just because one day you have to take the bar, but like be be genuinely curious about this and it will feel so much easier. And I have to say mm -hmm. that really does help. Genuine curiosity. And that's why, can I actually segue into my high? Yeah, of course. Okay, P permission to segue? <laughs> Granted. Okay, so moving into my high, it, it's this it's this love of learning and this gen genuine curiosity that kind of was guiding me today when I was writing the hypo for tonight's study session. I've never had more fun reviewing content. I sat down in the library for probably three hours and just oh reviewed. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I like reviewed my outline. Oh God, I hope, I'm setting myself up to fail at this point because you're <laughs> gonna be like, wow, that took you three hours to do. No, 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 no. I, I had to like really kind of think about a scenario that I could craft that would fit like certain circumstances. And in doing that, I had to review my outline a bunch and it just was so much fun. And I feel very confident that if I get a question about what we're going to talk about tonight on the final, I'm going to just do very well on it because I spent so much time thinking about it and applying it to like a fun fact pattern. I don't know. So it reinvigorated me. Let me say yeah. that. Yeah. What wow, about you? I love that. Um, you're welcome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Now I'm so excited to hear the hypo. Um, okay. That's interesting to hear you say these things. Uh, I feel like I was in my, like, I agree with you that I had kind of adapted to this horrible lifestyle that we're in <laughs> I just like accepted it and then I kind of dropped away from it like I wasn't doing all the reading I was doing I like switched to exam prep mode this is what I was talking about like a couple weeks ago where I was very resentful of the memo because I had actually gotten into a groove where I was like okay exams are pending time to get ready for those mm -hmm. this stupid writing assignment in the way um and now that I had to drop everything to just work on this memo. I'm kind of in a similar place as you where I'm like, ugh, how do I pick up all of this information again and like pick it up and just put it in my brain? I don't know. Um, but I think my plan is still the same as a few weeks ago of like doing hypos and I've, I think I've actually burned through all of the audio material I could find. Uh, my house is very clean. Um, <laughs> so uh, the thing about doing like practice hypos and like the practice multiple choice and stuff is that you really have to set aside like a huge chunk of time and other kinds of review, like the flashcards and like listening to a review lecture while you're cleaning or something or baking you can just do it here or there mm -hmm. but like doing a practice test you have to like dedicate I don't know like a date it's kind of hard to figure out how that's going to fit in so I'm not feeling like crushing anxiety yet but I am kind of concerned about the timing uh but okay we talking but what's about your that, was kind of just, that was just my <laughs> that was just my response to yeah. you um okay last week so much happened and this week only my memo happened like mm -hmm. y'all who are listening <laughs> you don't see this google doc outline <laughs> that megan and i have but it's just like it's you know, frantic it's just like oh here's you know let me remember what my highs and lows are this week so that when we're on like recording we don't have to re-record anything um, we don't have any editing that goes, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we don't have any editing in post-production. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that you're all really <laughs> impressed with the fact that we don't have to edit this content. I know that we probably <laughs> fooled you into thinking I know. this was highly produced, but no, I assure you it's all one take. <laughs> so, yeah. So last week I wrote in this outline, this otherwise brief outline, like 1500 words, which like just like research how many pages that is or something I don't know, but um, wait, I even had a comment that what your memo is only fifteen hundred words. No, no, sorry, that's like half of the length of my memo. Oh, pardon me, pardon me. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, 
it's just a lot. It's, I don't know, it's like, what, five pages or something? Yeah, like 1,500 words, like five pages. <laughs> yeah. sure. So I had to make a note that was like, I'm just journaling to avoid schoolwork. Like, I cannot stress this enough that you should not be concerned that I'm going to read this on air. I'm not going to read any of this. Like, I just needed somewhere to write all my feelings because <laughs> literally so much happened last week. Um, and this week, I've just worked on my memo. So uh, instead of, like, doing a high, like, my high is just that I, like, turned in my memo, <laughs> but to flush that out a little bit more, um, let me just mention something else that happened last week. I can't even count this as something that happened this week, but it's something that kind of, like, informed my, like, memo writing process and helped me, uh, yeah, with my process. So mm -hmm. last week, I went to, there's, like, a free counseling thing on campus and you just like can pop in and talk to a, like a therapist and so I popped in and was like hey how can I make myself do things that I, I don't feel like doing because <laughs> hmm. I was like if she can answer this we're set <laughs> you know like this is oh it. <laughs> yes you've identified the key now let's see if you can unlock the door <laughs> tell us she was like, have you tried going, have you tried doing work somewhere other than your house? And I was like, yes, I've tried that. <laughs> that's like, that's not the answer. I love doing work at my house. Um, and she was like, have you articulated yourself why you really want to be here? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Anyways, she wasn't helpful. Um, I went home not really knowing how to make myself do things that I didn't want to do. But I was scrolling through on Instagram through all of that cute animal content that I mentioned last episode and saw this advertisement for a masterclass in acting by Natalie Portman. And I just like sat there transfixed watching her like create the scene out of nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about Natalie Portman as an actress. Like I really enjoy her, whatever. Well, but... yeah, I am definitely team Natalie and I don't oh. want to hear any opposition. <laughs> Please don't write in on our contact form in law school. I literally... Book. <laughs> only want to hear from you if you could rock a shaved head better than Natalie Portman. <laughs> if you meet that requirement, step to me. We'll see what you have to say. Anyway, continue. So she's just creating this scene out of nothing. And it like finally clicked for me that all of this stuff about the memo and legal writing that doesn't feel natural to me like a lot of legal writing. Like I did creative writing in undergrad and I've like enjoy I don't know different types of writing that aren't just like the super formulaic boring legal writing and I think I was like pre I was pushing against having to do that type of work because I thought it would be like reflect on who I am as a writer to like have to write this like horrible product mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like oh it doesn't have to be me that's writing that product. This is a character that I'm crafting who can be very good at legal writing. It's like a legal writing character. You're like Olivia Pope. You're just... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched... I Neither have I. I just... I, <laughs> oh I know. I hear everybody else talking about Olivia Pope. I... <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, any good, any good actor, right? So I was like, I have already been cast by virtue of getting admitted into law school. I've been cast as this legal writer character, this law student character. And I found while I was writing my memo and I was like, I had on like, I really like dressed up too. I had my like computer glasses and like a cozy sweater and I went to the cafe close to me and I was like type typing away and I really don't think that it affected who I am deep down. I feel like I actually was able to compartmentalize it. Whoa. Like, so legal writing Lydia was yeah. different than like, regular I just, Lydia. I just hammered out my draft in a way that I had not been able to in my other assignments. So are you suggesting we do law student drag whenever we need, whenever yes. we have an impending deadline? Yes. <laughs> I love this. But it's not just the clothes. It's a frame of mind. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I guess you could say that about drag. 
too. So, um, so yeah, bringing that back to exams as well. I think that I'm, I'm trying not to think of some, like think of exams as something that's going to like define who I am as a law student. Like right now, all of us in our 1L class are like these pre-graded little, I'm trying to think of the word, babies. <laughs> <laughs> babies is a good one, yes. But like soon we will become like law students. Like I, I guess in my mind, I'm like right now I'm like equal to everyone, but soon I'm going to be just like a B student. And that's going to be my character or like that's going to be like who I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of it as like um, exams are just something that this like law student character like does as part of her quest in this narrative. Interesting. But almost maybe the opposite. Like you're really leaning towards being like really genuine and like loving learning. And I'm just like, I am a machine. <laughs> I am an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I feel like machine and actor are at opposite ends of a spectrum somehow. I'm a I'm an actor who like to do this role has to like a machine memorize all my yeah. Work. Sorry, you're an no. actor portraying a machine. You're Wally. <laughs> you are the Wally of law school. Wow, my mind is melting. But yeah, yeah. All these metaphors. Let's just like cram them together. Wait. Um, so if we're picking characters in law school, <laughs> can I be like? Like the B to B plus student who like could be an A student if she applied herself more is scrappy, but also likes to have a good time. (laughs) I don't, I mean, yeah, but you're, I also think, I also just feel like you're, you are giving your all. Are you trying to step down from that? No, I mean, I just, I have no, like, I feel like I'm really doing my best yeah, but I have no idea of what everybody else's best looks like, so oh. I'm just sort of like ballparking. I, yeah. I I really truly don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, are you proud of me that I didn't drop more than a hundred dollars on this master class? I really thought about it. Wait, like, did you like drop to... any dollars on this no. master class? Okay, because you can no, drop ninety nine, and I I don't know that I would have been proud of you. <laughs> I phrased that wrong. Sorry, I'm just uh, thinking back to the um, unfortunate Kickstarter that I dropped hundreds of dollars on yeah. uh, that one time. But, but this time, are I the tiny <laughs> are the tiny muscles in your back any less toned because you don't have that machine? Yeah, <sighs> definitely. <sighs> um, okay, so I that's my that's my week, and. Yeah, meeting with that counselor and seeing that ad again and just happened the week before that in this past week. It's just like memo. Yeah, I, there must have been other stuff I did. I went to a couple of events through the school. There was a, a fundraiser for the public interest like scholarship and oh man. Wait, you went to last week, last Monday, so I guess it's technically the week before. Dang it. Um <laughs> You went to the fundraiser for your classmate and uh, their service dog, right? Yes, yes. Ansley, if you guys uh, have any more money to give since the last time you listened to that, or if you are just now catching up, um, the fundraiser is still going on if you would like to give. But yes, I went to this improv show. Um, there's not much to say about that. I had <laughs> one of the little highs from last week <laughs> that didn't make the cut in my... 1500 word journaling was that um that improv place in st louis has a (laughs) cheese dip that goes with the fries or you can order it to go with the fries and uh i tasted it and was like this tastes like it has worcestershire sauce in it which is super delicious but usually is made with fish and so i asked them to check and they were like yes it has worcestershire sauce so i stopped eating it and then they came back with this like industrial sized jug of Worcestershire sauce and showed me the ingredients and it was all soy based not fish based and so I went nuts on this cheese dip so that was a small high (laughs) oh my and the fundraiser I think raised some money but I'm not sure what the total is yeah well that's all great news we're ending look at us ending our highs and lows on a high note (laughs) yeah okay so yeah. that brings us to the study session <laughs> yeah. portion 
of this podcast, which is maybe why you tuned in, maybe not, but either way, it's happening. Um, and I will say this, I had so much fun writing this. I have no idea if it's even remotely, like, I think, I suspect that it's, it's actually, it was more fun for me to write than it will be for you to listen to. But, but that was um, me last week too. I mean, <laughs> after I wrote, like explained my whole thing, you were like, yeah, but isn't products liability this? And you phrased it perfectly. And I was like, oh yeah. Why did you ask me to <laughs> Okay. <it> <laughs> so but you, this, the, when I'm, yeah. the hypo that you created sparked many thoughts and many conversations and tied multiple different tort claims in, which I thought was done magnificently well. Um, so I tried to one up you this week and, oh, yes. and I am gonna, and I just want you to know, this is a little preview for what's to come. All of this ends with a poem. That you wrote? <laughs> that I wrote. <laughs> yes. Oh. yes. Okay. I'm just going to sit back. Okay. Enjoy the show. So there is going to be a little bit of audience participation. So don't become complacent um, okay. because I cannot I can't stand the thought of me just talking for like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Buckle up because we are about to go on a woolly adventure through the dense forest known as negligence and torts. Yes. Okay. So Lydia, <laughs> before you were the savvy law student that you are now, how would you as a lay person have defined negligence just off the top of your head? Um, I think I would say like maybe someone wasn't paying attention, mm -hmm. like they were being negligent in that yeah. sense. Yeah. So I think, I think most people would probably say the same thing and they're not incorrect and you are not incorrect. Um, but negligence is more than just not doing something correctly or being lazy or a general lack of action. Um, like a cat owner might be negligent because they didn't scoop their cat's litter box or a driver might be negligent because they were texting. Um, however, it turns out negligence is much broader and deeper than your standard everyday mm -hmm. small inaction or wrongdoing. Yeah. Um, shout out to my mom for listening. I know that she's going to laugh when she hears broad and deep. It's a little insider situation. <laughs> Very good. Um, I thought you were setting it up for like a, an ocean comparison. And I was like, I'm still kind of suffering from the maritime law shirt. <laughs> law, so can you stop? No, you're like, this is actually intentional emotion, uh, an intentional infliction of emotional distress. Eggshell skull rule. Wow. No. <laughs> um, okay. So before I jump into the element, elements of a negligence claim, um, and we did a little bit of this last week, but just to refresh, I wanted to introduce the listeners to somebody very important. And this person is known as the reasonably prudent person under the circumstances. Um, or if you're like me and you read a bunch of Roald Dahl growing up, you can call this person the RPP UTC, <laughs> which is a little bit different than the beloved BFG, but the RPP UTC is similar to the big friendly giant of Roald Dahl's imagination in that they are incredibly reasonable and conscientious. Okay. 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 So the reasonably prudent person under the circumstances is this person that we're going to think about when we're judging the actions of people under negligence claims. Um, that's like the standard that everybody's held to. So think of the most reasonable person, you know, who is the most reasonable person, you know, Lydia. Um, whoa, what a good question. Oh, my friends are weirdos. <laughs> Eliminate the unreasonable no, people. I've, I've, had some, I've had, I've been blessed to have really reasonable um, supervisors and bosses at work. Okay. So maybe someone at my old law firm. Okay. So boss. think, so, so think of your old boss when, yeah. when we walk through this, I am going to be thinking about my aunt Kathy <laughs> because okay. actually you met my aunt Kathy this summer. Um, She's the one from Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. Very reasonable. Okay. Very, very reasonable. Um, so whenever I'm, I'm in torts, I think of uh, how I'm judging people against essentially like the Aunt Kathy standard of things. Wait, both of my aunts are really reasonable. I'll think about my aunts as well. Okay, good. Okay. So, yeah, like I'm always kind of asking myself, what would Aunt Kathy do? 
Yeah. Um, side note, great idea for some law school and brief swag. I'm thinking uh, those rubbery <laughs> bracelets, WWAKD. What would Aunt <laughs> Kathy do? Can we make this happen before the holidays? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, if anybody wants to send us money to make that happen, um, DM me. Anywho. Okay. So now that you have the most reasonable person that you know in your mind's eye, let's talk about the elements of a tort claim of negligence. All right. So negligence is a method of determine, determining whether a person or sorry, whether a given harm could have been avoided in the eyes of the law. And in order to do that, you have to prove four things, right? First, you have to prove duty. Second, breach. Third, causation, which is like where we're going to be hanging out tonight. And then fourth, damages. So a duty is a legally imposed requirement, which obligates a person to take a specific amount of care when they act. For example, like I have a duty to my classmates not to put them in danger. So could I fire a gun in the classroom? What do you think? No. No. Would Aunt Kathy fire a gun in the classroom? No. Absolutely not. That's completely unreasonable. So that's duty. Like you have a duty not to harm others. Very generally. I'm painting with very broad strokes right now. And that's a, that's a, a duty that everyone has everyone has to be like our aunts yes not just our aunts like right. this is this is the standard against against which we are judging everybody else's behavior yeah okay so that was the first thing the second thing is breach which is basically what it's called when somebody <laughs> violates that duty um i just said that i have a duty not to put my classmates in danger meaning that if i fired a gun in our classroom I would be breaching that duty. Um, kind of a little bit of a callback to Lydia's points last week. And if you're, if you have any children in the room, I'm about to use a curse word, <laughs> but basically torts is all about people fucking up and a breach is a huge fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this brings us to our third element and where we're going to spend most of our time today. Causation. Um, in order to show that somebody was acting negligently, you have to show that their negligence was either the cause in fact of your harm or the proximate cause of your harm. And because we're not going down the torts rabbit hole right now, we're just going to talk about cause in fact and not proximate cause. So for those of like you... I get so hung up on causation because I think I get too philosophical about it. I'm like, mm. how can you ever prove that someone caused something else like the intentional <laughs> yeah the intentional towards is easy it's like i punched you and that like battery like i caused you to be punched because i yeah. meant to but like if i was you know doing something negligently and what if that person would have caught on fire anyways or i don't know how do oh. you ever know something Oh, I think you're really going to like the hypo. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, that is such a good question. And you can get really philosophical with it, which I think is why it can be really confusing and sort of, like I said earlier, broad and deep. Um, but when we say that, that something was a cause in fact, what we really mean is, was this person's negligence the cause of your harm? Um, like, is what they did to you the reason why you're harmed, right? And then yeah. lastly, to show negligence, you have to show that the negligent act caused your harm or damaged you in some way. And that brings you, yeah, you have to, you have to prove damages. Pretty straightforward. Do we feel good about negligence? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's a really broad overview. Um, good to lay the groundwork. But now we are going to hop into the hypo. And I just want to give a, a quick... PS or PSA to this. Um, so <laughs> there are actually different rules for animals <laughs> in torts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like super deep into this hypo before I remembered that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm already laughing. So for the purposes of this problem, just imagine that everyone is held to a human standard. Okay. Okay. I mean, I personally like that because yeah. I 
Yeah. I think animals should have more rights. So let's go on. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <clears throat> Each year, the Los Angeles Cat Convention brings yes. together <laughs> people and felines from all corners of the earth for one meow-tastic, positively perfect weekend. Did you write that or yes i wrote all of this (laughs) okay because sorry i went earlier this year i went to a cat convention in massachusetts called cat massachusetts like these things are real okay Uh, yeah no they're very real and actually i've been to the cat convention i have volunteered at the cat convention (laughs) i was the weirdo walking around in a volunteer shirt holding a sign that said ask meow Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> anyway, okay. So this is this is lived experience right here. Though I am embellishing a bit, a lot. So cats and their people participate in feline fashion shows. They host panel discussions on how to become Instagram famous. Again, this is all real life. They do live <laughs> tastings of various kibble brands. They demo <laughs> the latest in high tech litter box technology. They shop for artisanal wares. And last but certainly not least, uh, they do meet and greets with some of the biggest names in the business, such as, but not limited to, Lil Bub, oh, yes. Pudge the Cat, Goal Kitty, Waverly McTiny Beans, Sir Thomas Trueheart, Ben Ben, The Dark Lord. This, again, is just to name a few, and they're all Instagrammable. <laughs> okay, so while attending the convention... My Aunt Kathy, because we've already dragged her into this, my Aunt Kathy and her fictitious fur companion, J.K. Meowling, are wandering wandering about the merchant booths shopping for a baby Bjorn-like chest harness with a tail cut out so that Kathy and J.K. can enjoy unencumbered chest-to-chest contact at all times. You know, the end goal for all cat owners, completely reasonable. Again, she's the most reasonable person I know. If I'm not inserting my opinion into this, I don't know how else. Okay. So as they travel from vendor booth to vendor booth, they're given different samples of various products, eventually winding up at what appeared to be the most popular booth run by a shifty character by the name of Fleas Witherspoon. (laughs) Fleas claimed that their catnip was the most potent stuff around and that with one whiff, any cat would have their catitude altered for the better. Whoa. Yeah. Big, big claims. This is the cure for antisocial cat behaviors, <laughs> Fleas cries. Just wait and see. In about one minute, once all your kittens have had a taste. They will be the most friendly, loving, social creatures you've ever had the privilege to be around. Brace yourselves for a kitten cuddle puddle. Being as reasonable. I know it's so much. Okay. Like, I'm literally, I'm going to pause this really quick. I'm in the library typing this and laughing so hard. I have tears welling up in my eyes. Okay. Being as reasonable as she is. My Aunt Kathy raises an eyebrow to Flea's claims, thinking, eh, I don't like the look of this, but it took a sample for J.K. Meowling nonetheless. Addressing the, cat, the crowd that gathered, Flea's Witherspoon continues, Now, if you'd all give your furry friends a tiny piece of the nip, the magic will begin. Upon contact with J.K.'s tiny sandpaper tongue, her hair shot out to a full puff, her eyes rolled to the back of her head, her claws fully extended. Frightened, my Aunt Kathy looked around and called for help, but what she saw were not friendly, helpful faces. Oh, no, no. What she saw was <laughs> appalling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at her was a sea of rabid, puffy cats with their eyes pinned back, bloodlust in their eyes, preparing to attack. They were not, or sorry, there were not enough kick sticks or squirt bottles in the world that could have saved her meow. <sighs> Placing JK meowing on the ground gently, she began to back up slowly, never taking her eyes off the menacing mob of cats, consumed by the power of the nip, ready to strike. <laughs> oh no, Fleas exclaimed. I must have given them the extra strength snow leopard grade nip. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> this really seems like an intentional tort so far. I'm like at the edge of my seat about how this could be negligence. Okay. We'll see. Uh, I, again, I did not claim this was great, but, but oh, it's it, it was a great review. Great. So Kathy knew that if she took her eyes off the cats, even for a moment, she could be committing a fatal mistake. Good kitty, she cooed. Nice kitty. Reaching her arms behind her to feel for the emergency exit, instead she bumped into a display of feather wands, accidentally rustling them and getting her watch caught. The sight of the rustling Technicolor feathers sent the mob of cats into an absolute frenzy, pouncing on top of Kathy, claws digging into her flesh, tiny fangs piercing and puncturing wherever they could. Bystanders who witnessed the cloud of kittens descend upon Kathy came to her rescue, themselves being bitten, but successfully rescuing her from this very unfortunate turn of events. (laughs) (laughs) Once healed, Kathy looks to Sue and we have to locate the cause of her harms. So let me stop this rambling (laughs) and ask you, what tort claims do you think we could bring right now? Um, I'm I'm already thinking products liability a little bit. For sure, but uh, I, um, I it, in, it, I can't because fleas is so suspicious. I can't tell mm. if it was intentional or unintentional. But if she claims it was unintentional, like maybe there's some some negligence there. Mm-hmm. Um. There could be negligent infliction of emotional distress if the um, the feather display was like in a precarious place. That could be negligent, but it, like she was walking backwards, so that doesn't seem like it's that. Um, I don't know what all what else going on. So, so I'm gonna keep it in the context of causation, right? Okay. Because there are a bunch of intentional tort claims. Like, I think you could definitely argue that um, Fleas, like, assaulted and battered Aunt Kathy um, because she was placed in, you know, apprehension of imminent harm and she saw it coming and she was harmed by it, all of that. Um, But I'm going to go back to what I wrote. So, first and foremost, the obvious person we want to sue is Fleas Witherspoon, right? Yeah. Yeah, seems like textbook negligence that a manufacturer and distributor would mix up a dosage of catnip meant for snow leopards, thus negligently causing the overdose of a few dozen house cats at a cat Oh, convention. it was catnip for snow leopards. I yeah. thought that was like the strain of a catnip. <laughs> no. I thought that catnip. was like the designer drug no. name. <laughs> no, this was That's nip was for snow leopards. Got, got it. Okay. Right. <laughs> so... In legal terms, but for Flea's negligence in giving them the wrong dosage of nip and causing this overdose, Aunt Kathy would not have been harmed, right? So if, it, if Flea's had got it right, then we can assume maybe, just for the sake of argument, that Aunt Kathy would, this not, wouldn't have happened. You know, the product would have worked. Yeah. yeah, as advertised. Like, everyone was going to be a kitten cuddle puddle and, like, who doesn't want that? Okay. Okay. This is where this is where I'm already like a little confused because because Fleas was such a shady character. Like I'm not sure if they would have been okay with the normal catnip. But you're telling me like they would have been okay with the normal catnip. Uh, yeah, I think okay. yes. Let, let's okay. for the sake of argument assume that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had originally written this a little bit differently where Fleas was like a back alley dealer. Um, so like I said, I did this for like way too long. Today. I'm loving it. I'm, loving <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, I'm following you. Okay. So because good lawyering or at least part of it is anticipating like what all the different arguments are going to be. Um, we're going to try to think about like what fleas might try to claim to kind of like point fingers somewhere else, because the whole idea is like, Matt, put yourself in fleas shoes. If you have somebody who's claiming that if not for your negligent action, they wouldn't have been harmed, you're going to be like, eh, it wasn't me. Like, it could have been this. It could have been that, right? It could have been any 
any number of things. Maybe it was the the owners who gave the nip to their cats in the first place. You know, maybe it was like X, Y, Z reason. So one of those ways that fleas could try to like wiggle their way out of this um, is to talk about the, the accident having multiple sufficient causes, meaning multiple things were happening all at once. Each one on its own could have produced the identical result, which in this case was just a gaggle of cats descending on one person. Oh, like um, if it was something in the air? Yeah, like something like that. So Flea's attorney would probably point to the fact that Kathy was shaking a display of multicolored cat feathers around. Wouldn't any cat be tantalized by that? Mm, okay. Right? Right. So had, had it not been for the multicolored feathers moving all around Kathy perhaps the intoxicated kittens would have just puffed up and snarled, but never actually attacked. It's a pretty good defense, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, think about it. What has, like, my cat loves feathers. She'll go from being, like, totally, like, passive and cute and cuddly to she sees a feather and she just, like, loses her mind. It almost seems like those two are multiple insufficient causes. Like, neither of them on their own would have like created an attack, but both of them together oh, added up to an attack. I like where you're going with that, but I I feel like in a cat's nature, like if you had a bunch <laughs> of cats seeing like a person just decked out in colored feathers, like they would get it. Like that person's gonna get punctured okay. Okay, with gotcha. a couple of little things. Like that's that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. So another way um that fleas could kind of like redirect is uh, calling this a concerted action, which would allocate the blame onto another person or a group of people, even though they did not directly cause the harm, but had a hand in creating it. Um, so, yeah, things to consider under concerted action are the nature of the wrongful act and what this other person may have done to assist in the outcome and the relationship they have with the defendant and whether that that second person was present during the wrongful wrongful act or what their state of mind was. So applying that to this case, I'm going to introduce you to another person Um, by the name of Pernest Hemingway, (laughs) who is Fleas Witherspoon's zany assistant. So Pernest... (laughs) had been working the booth with fleas, let's just say, and helping out by passing out the high-grade nip and telling people it was going to make their cats more lovable and snuggly. So while fleas may have been the one who brought the wrong nip accidentally and directed its disbursement, Pernest Hemingway was also, or could maybe also be held liable under concerted action because his actions in assisting with the outcome here or his actions assisted with the outcome, Kathy's okay. harm. So it could be different if Pernest was an assistant to fleas. <clears throat> Sorry, I should I should specify this more. So there are like certain instances where there's called what or there is what's called a special relationship. And one of those special relationships is an employee employer relationship, which would limit liability. Um, but that's like going a little bit too deep into torts. Um, for the sake of just thinking about concerted action, just imagine that like Pernist had a pretty heavy hand in the disbursement of this mm. high grade nip. Um, and that, and that could like limit liability. So or, like maybe if it had just been her at the booth by herself, like a couple people would have come by the booth, but like he, as her assistant really helped to like spread it around and like yeah. get everybody <clears throat> into okay gotcha. i mean imagine like what if he was standing out in front of the booth like just like cu- like doing the most engaging action he possibly could really selling it you know maybe he's doing flips and like tossing treats into mouths like who wouldn't i you know i did write that this was the most popular booth it could have been because pernis mm. was just so compelling yeah I mean, ha- yeah, like, think about it. Fleas was, like, a shifty character. Pernest, on the other hand, Pernest <laughs> could have stolen the show. Okay. It sounds a little similar to multiple sufficient causes, but you're just saying they're kind of, they're working 
in concert and that's what makes it different. Yeah, so it's different from multiple sufficient causes because in concerted action, the actions of one person alone could not have caused the harm, whereas in multiple sufficient causes, any of the actions alone could have caused the harm. Okay. But that's a great way to think of like- it, I like, think I've heard of this as, as the substantial factor test. Have you learned about that it by that name, substantial factor? I do know about the substantial factor test. Is that different? I would have to, I'd have to I don't actually know because our class didn't use that terminology either, but all the supplements do. <laughs> so I'm like, Ooh. nah. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny how our different classes and the different books have different terms. But I'm following you under your taxonomy. So I'm pretty sure the substantial, ooh, now I'm like wondering, I'm pretty sure the substantial factor test has to do with, um, nope, I'm wrong. I was thinking of breaking causation. Okay, we're getting too far away. Okay, we're getting sorry, too sorry, far sorry. away. It's okay, okay it's okay. We're, see, the torts rabbit hole is fun to fall down because everything is a but for. You're just like, but what about this? Okay, <laughs> so last but not least, the third thing that, um, that uh, Fleas could point to or Kathy could point to in uh, causation would be alternative liability. So alternative liability is where everyone is acting unreasonably, but only one of those unreasonable actors causes the specific harm, but the person who's harmed has no idea which person it is. Okay. So in our hypo, Let's change the situation a little bit and say that Kathy was only injured by one very deep bite. But since she was consumed in this cloud of kittens, <laughs> she doesn't know which one was the one that hurt her. Mm -hmm. So each cat in this case poses a substantially similar risk. Like they're all biting and scratching and doing crazy cat shit, right? Yeah. But because they were all biting her and only one bit her hard enough to cause the harm, we have an alternative liability situation. So every single cat is going to be held liable for her harm, even if they were not the one to cause the harm, because they were all acting in a way that could have caused that harm. Yeah. So that all, sense. yeah, because all the cats were biting, all of them were acting negligently, and any one of them could have delivered the bite that caused the harm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. We've learned about that for like market share liability, but See, this sounds more know. general than that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is alternative liability is interesting because in this scenario, the burden of proof shifts to the defendant. Like typically in, in torts, the burden of proof is on the plaintiff to prove that they were harmed because of the defendant's actions. But in alternative liability, the defendants have to like if they were if they're all going to be held liable it's on them to prove that oh no like that wasn't the bite my bite was not the bite that hurt kathy right you could be and like I'll... my cat only has one tooth and this has yes. two teeth okay yeah exactly exactly or because animals are humans in this hypo the cat right. should have to say it was not my bite <laughs> i don't know how cats talk okay um, do you have any questions before i finish up this study sesh um, okay, so one thing that kind of has like made me less philosophically freak out about having to prove causation uh -huh. is that you don't have to like prove 100% that this thing caused this other thing, right? You just have to prove that it's more likely than not that this thing caused that thing, meaning that you're you're proving it by a standard that's known as the preponderance of the evidence. Mm -hmm. So 50% or more, 51% maybe, or more likely. Is that what you've learned as well? I mean, we actually have not really taught, we have, preponderance of evidence has been mentioned in class, but we seldom talk about it with that terminology. Mm, okay. Um, we talk about, we talk specifically about um, like proportions when we get to, comparative or contributory negligence and like <clears throat> what like a pure contributory negligence claim would be um or i'm sorry uh pure comparative fault versus modified comparative fault that kind of thing um but no not it's not like one of the big umbrellas at least i don't see it as one of the big umbrellas 
So when you're looking at a hypo that you didn't write, so you don't know the answers yet, if you see that something happened that caused someone, like something unintentional caused harm uh-huh. or seems to have caused harm, like sometimes you can just use common sense to say like, but for this happening, like this person's negligence, this per- other person wouldn't have been harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you like you 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 you're like, oh well, it, you can't prove it, so let's look at these different exceptions to this, but for a causation test, and you can look at the um, like all the cats, <clears throat> all the cats, <laughs> the alternative liability like way of proving causation. But how do you get past that first stage if you don't have numbers and you can't calculate that something more likely than not caused something else? Like, have you just been seeing hypos where it's kind of common sense? Because we had to like, calculate it on our on our midterm for torts. I no, I haven't had to calculate <clears throat> anything. Thank okay. goodness. I mean, my my strategy when I'm going into an exam question is just like analyzing it from both sides so that I don't have to pick a side and argue it. Like, I'm like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that, and that kind of gets you out of the, the pigeonhole of calculating any fault and then having to argue one way or another, you could say, well, this person would feel this way because of this, but also, you know, this person would feel this way because of this. So take it or leave it. Here's right. That's a good point. We're getting, we're getting points on our exams for like mentioning all the different things. <laughs> so we don't have to, like rule out everything by doing an equation and, and just mentioning one thing. Yeah, I kind of realized like halfway through torts that I don't think our professor cares to know our opinion. Like he just wants to know what we know. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that you're right. <laughs> for it's me, very freeing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, do you have the conclusion to your hypo? Like is, is she okay after the cat bite? Oh, Aunt, Aunt Kathy is a resilient creature. Yay! She, she's as resilient as she is reasonable. So <laughs> she's just fine. But she is more of a dog person. I will say this much. Even though her name has cat in it. Like, Sorry. that's the deepest pun of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a couple layers in. Um, yeah, she's just fine. And Aunt that Kathy, if you're great. listening, I, I hope that you aren't startled that I conjured imagery of you being attacked um it's just because you're so gosh darn reasonable <laughs> what about all the cats are they okay oh all the cats are fine oh, yeah great yeah. Oof, what a good ending yeah they all got the kittens got their mittens and everybody went home from the cat convention a little wiser than they did when they arrived <laughs> wow um that was an that was excellent megan so rather than actually write a conclusion to this hypo, I, I did write a poem. Oh, I forgot. Yes. Okay. And this was, the, this was the absolute peak of my giddiness in the library this afternoon. Um, may I read it to you? Yes, please, please. Okay. This title is A Poem About Cats and Alternative Liability. <clears throat> Unless a kitten can show, twas not their bite delivered the harmful blow. Liable they are because duty they owe. Uh, <laughs> that is yes. <laughs> this is this is my sense of humor now. This is what oh, yeah, I do. Going to the parlor ASAP. <laughs> Yes, that is what I want on my leg. Thank you. Family <laughs> <laughs> who's listening, who would disown me if I got a tattoo? That was a joke. <laughs> that was oh, Thank you. Thank you. And I think I understand it better now. And I'll have something to think about on the exam. <laughs> oh, my. Excellent. All right. Well, should we do an episode next week or are we too close to finals then? I think we should do a quick check-in, but we can decide it later. If we okay. miss next week, I'm sure that y'all will understand. Right, listeners? Right. 
Oh, I also have another shout out. My classmate Chantal told me in the hallway that she listened to the show. So, hey. <laughs> hey Chantal. What up, Chantal? Thank you. <laughs> well, all right. It's been fun. Thank you for playing along and uh, listening to me ramble. Yeah. Thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, we need some exit music too. Yeah. Next year. Okay, Next year. bye friends. Bye. Happy studying. Yeah.